I'm excited to bring our first author up. He wrote a book that he's going to be speaking out of called Kill the Spider. Kill the Spider. Getting rid, listen to this, getting rid of what's holding you back, what's really holding you back. We are so excited to have, for the second time ever, at Fresh Life Church, the author of this book, the one and only Carlos Whitaker. Come on, let's welcome him to the stage. Hey! Wow, I'm so, so excited to be back at Fresh Life. I mean, I love this part of the country. Uh, guys, we're going to um, smash the devil's face in today. That, that, that's what we're going to do. Just kind of plain and simple, that's what we're going to do. So at all of the locations around this part of the country, listen, I'm believing in one thing, freedom today. Freedom and breath, and it's going to come. So that's what we're going to do. Again, all across Montana. I actually, this, this wonderful celebration of our country week, I brought my entire family out here with me because I love it. I brought them all here. Last time, I just brought my wife. This time, I brought my wife and my, my kids, and we love Montana so much. Since I've been in Montana the last time, uh, and, and everywhere that you guys are watching from, I've become kind of, I hunt now, I fly fish now, like... <laughs> Like, it's all flowing through my body. I'm, I'm actually like a red Mexican is what my family calls me. And so I'm in. I'm ready. You guys ready? All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Friends, we, um, I, I wrote a book called uh, Kill the Spider, and that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today. I, I'm, I'm believing that if you guys grab a hold of this concept, there's going to be some freedom that can happen. And, and when I say some, I mean massive. Um, I believe that we all need a little dose of hope each and every day. Amen? Yeah. Could anybody at all the locations use a little bit of hope today? Yeah. Anybody? Yes. Yes, just a little bit of hope. Um, the hope that we're going to be chasing after, his name is Jesus. And why we need to chase after this is because our society and our culture these days tries to give us hope in all kinds of ways. And Unless the hope is in Jesus, it's never going to live very long at all. And so what we're going to do is dive into what it looks like. Um, there's people constantly that I run into that are in good seasons of life or bad seasons of life. But even in good seasons of life, you need hope. And even in bad seasons of life, you need hope. Hope is a constant. So what we're going to do right now is I'm going to take you guys back to a bookend of my story. And this bookend happened when everything was amazing in my life. All across all the Fresh Life campuses, if you're in a good season of life, can you just raise your hand right now? Yeah, great. It's good. It's okay to be in a good season of life. It's just fine. And I was in an amazing season of life. Last time I was here, I, I preached on my book, Moment Maker. And I talked about this story that happened. It's crazy. When anointing and blessing happens in your life, it, I mean, you just kind of sit back and soak it all in. And this is kind of what was going on in my life. My family was in the car, and I played this video last time I was here. And it's a really funny video, and I thought, it also bookends my story, but it's so good, we're just going to play it again. Can we play it again? Okay, this video, my, my family and I are in, the, in our car um, driving in Atlanta to a Braves game. And my kids were singing that Beyonce song, All the Single Ladies. You guys know that song? All the single ladies, all the single ladies. Oh, yeah, you guys know that song. And they're singing it. And I'll tell you what. 
I turned around because my son was also singing all the single ladies. And I decided to tell him that he is, in fact, not a single lady. <laughs> well, when I told him this, he unexpectedly burst into tears. And I thought it was kind of cute, so I put it on YouTube. Well, little did I know, 24 hours later, this would happen. Watch this. The Whitaker family of Atlanta was in the car just singing along to Beyonce's hit song, Single Ladies. And then the family fun took an unexpected turn. You're not a single lady, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You're a single lady. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Look, buddy, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. You can do it. Buddy, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, buddy. You're a single lady, okay? Okay? Here we go. If you like it, then you got a better ring on it. I'm a horrible father. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Well, let me tell you something, friends. I put that on YouTube the week that my very first record came out. 7.4 million views later. Everyone's buying my record. It seemed like I could do no wrong. Everything I was touching was turning to gold. Now, that's amazing when the Lord does that in your life. But the danger, the danger in seasons of blessing is when you begin to believe your own hype. When you believe that somehow you are responsible for your own blessing. Because let me tell you something. Scripture does not say every good and perfect gift comes from your hustle. Wow. Let me say that again. Scripture does not say every good and perfect gift comes from your hustle. And we live in a society and a culture right now that believes you got to hustle. You got to hustle. You got to do all this and that. I look in Scripture, and I don't see hustle at all giving blessing to people. I see the Holy Spirit giving blessing to people. And so in Scripture, what it does say is every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from the Lord. And I was in this season where everything I was touching was turning to gold. I, I, I make my son cry, and I win a People's Choice Award. Like, what, what is happening? I mean, everything was working. Everything was clicking. And again, I started to be like, hey, maybe I can stand in light and dip my toe in darkness. Maybe I can stand in light, and, for, and then I would come over here in the darkness for maybe like three hours and come back. Hey, hey look, there's still blessing. Oh, maybe, maybe I can come over here for a day. Oh, hop back over here. Hey. Look, everything, everything's still okay. And the enemy began to whisper lies to me that if, if I just feel all this good stuff over here in darkness, if I just feel it, I can stay longer and there will be no repercussions. Sin has consequences. And my friends, my story went from light to stepping into darkness and in a matter of moments, the darkness that I stood in took everything from me. I'll never forget the day I walked out of my bedroom. I was with my kids in the back, and I went to look for my wife. She was in the front, and she was gone. And I noticed my laptop was gone. And I ran to the front door, and I looked out for the car, and the car was gone. And I knew in that moment 
that there is no dancing in darkness. Darkness took everything from me. And I ran back and I looked at my kids and I sat them down and with tears in my eyes, I said, I'm sorry. Daddy's made a mistake. Things are going to be different. And just then, a knock on my door. And my best friend, Blake Bergstrom, was standing there. And he said, Heather knows everything. It's over. She wants the kids. And you guys see how just in the blink of an eye, sin takes everything away. The enemy prowls around roaring like a lion to not to hurt you, to devour you, to destroy you. His goal is not to simply make you feel bad. It's to take everything away. And in that moment, because I was dancing in darkness and thought I could hop over to light in the darkness, everything went away. And for months, I didn't speak one word to my wife. It was over. The marriage was over. I was, I was going to have to learn to live a new way. And I tried, guys. I, I, was, try, I was praying as hard as I could. I was, I was reading all the books on how to stop sinning. I was listening to all the podcasts on how to stop sinning. But I couldn't stop sinning. Nothing seemed to be working. But here's the good news. And I know at all the Fresh Life campuses right now, you're holding your breath. Because some of you guys are in this same season. This isn't going to be a marriage talk, FYI. Okay. I'm going to touch each and every one of you guys. Because darkness touches us all. But here's the good news. Ready? In the darkest of dark moments, when I was laying, moved in with some friends, my family was gone, this verse came to me. 1 Peter 5.10. Here's the good news. Watch this. Now the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support you. You got that? No matter where you're at, no matter how dark you feel right now, the God of all grace will personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support you. Now, it's amazing, right? That's an amazing verse. But dang it, the verse keeps going. There's more. And it says this. Now, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory, will personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support you. Oh, man. After you have suffered, there will be suffering. It's inevitable. There's going to be suffering in your life. But even better news is the verse doesn't stop there. There's more. There's two little words after you have suffered. What does it say? After you have suffered a little, a little. And when I read that, I realized God is going to personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support me. And my suffering is not going to be long-lasting. It's only a little. And if you have been suffering for a long time, I believe if you step into some of the truths we're going to sit on today, your suffering is going to shrink. Amen? Amen. Let's shrink that suffering right now. Let's do that. This is what we're going to do. So, spoiler alert, the family that I lost, they're sitting right here because God restores. God restores and he will bring back, he will bring new things out of darkness. He will turn dark to light. And listen, it wasn't overnight. It wasn't as fast as just like, hey, I mean, we went to counseling. We went to therapy. And I believe that talk therapy and counseling can do good things. I'm a big believer in all of that. But let me tell you something. 
Talk therapy and counseling can maybe help you identify your spider, locate your spider. We're talking about spiders today. Corner your spider, but you can never kill your spider with just therapy. You need the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection in your life. That's what's going to give you freedom. It is. So I'm in talk therapy. I'm in counseling. I go to my friend Al. Um, he, he was my therapist. And he's like, Carlos, listen, I think you need to go to, um, in order to kind of get you over the hump, because my marriage is getting better, things were healing, but I think you need to go to seven days of experiential therapy outside of Nashville. And I was like, that sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> Who would want to go to seven days of therapy? But I found myself a few weeks later in my minivan with my kids going to this place called Onsite. And as I'm there, um, I'm driving in the minivan. I think, oh, I should call my dad because my dad, my dad is a saint of a man, okay? His name is Fermin Agustin Whitaker. And Fer, I mean, he sounds as smart as he is. And Fermin, I call him, I talk to my dad all the time, and I'll say, I should call my dad and tell him that I'm going to, uh, to this place for seven days. So I call my dad, and he's like, Carlitos, because that's how you say my name. He goes, um, where are you going for the seven days? Because I was like, Dad, I'm not going to be able to talk to you. I was like, oh, Dad, I'm going to this place um, that, well, my therapist tell, tell, keeps telling me that I keep rubbing crap on my blessings. That's what he says. And you got to figure out why you're doing that. So, Dad, I'm going there to figure out why I'm rubbing crap on my blessings. And my dad goes, oh, Carlitos. I know why you rub crap on your blessings. <laughs> why did you wait 40 freaking years to tell me? Now, before I tell you why I rub crap on my blessings, on my way to therapy, I need to show you guys a picture of my dad because I need you to see his face as, so this is a picture of my father right here. He's just I'm a good-looking guy. I mean, look at him. Just, I mean, just a saint of a man. And I know you're thinking to yourself, I've seen him before. You actually have because this is also a picture of my father. There he is. <laughs> My dad is the emoji. Every time I pick up my phone, I'm like, Daddy. Like, he looks just like him. So that's a joke for the sake of my dad's expense. Just a joke. But listen, imagine my father now telling me the story. He goes, Carlitos, when I was in Panama, preaching my very first survival, I was 19 years old. And Mr. Ramirez, during the invitation, she comes down the aisle. And I was thinking, yes, somebody is going to give their life to Jesus. And she comes forward and she goes, Pastor, can you please pray that the Lord would clean the cobwebs from my life? And I was like, well, that's an interesting prayer. So he said he prayed, dear Jesus, clean the cobwebs from Mr. Ramirez's life. He said, Carlitos, night number two, Mr. Ramirez came forward again. And I thought she was going to tell me, he did it. He cleaned the cobwebs from my life. But instead, Mr. Ramirez goes, Pastor, can you pray harder? that the Lord would clean the cobwebs from my life. My dad's like, it doesn't work like that, but I'll do it anyway. So he prayed a little bit harder. Jesus, ha! I pray you clean the cobwebs from Mr. Amidas' life. Just more fervor and gusto. And he says the last night of the revival, Mr. Amidas comes forward again and goes, Pastor, can you pray one more time? The Lord cleans the cobwebs from my life. And my dad said he looked her square in the eye and said, no, we've been praying the wrong prayer. Tonight we pray he kills the spider. Tonight we pray, he kills the spider. And listen, in that second, he didn't have to say another thing. I didn't even need to go to therapy anymore. I knew in that moment that I was a professional cobweb cleaner. I have spent my entire adult life cleaning the cobwebs of sin in my life instead of getting to the root. And we do that. that. That's what our culture loves to do. Yeah. Every infomercial, everything is about cleaning the cobwebs, 
right? You go to Barnes and Nobles, you go down the self-help aisle, it's mostly the cobweb aisle is what it is, right? You're struggling with, with addictions, you're struggling with affairs, you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with these things, and you're trying to fix those things. You're trying to clean the cobwebs. But what we need to do is get past the symptoms and to the root and drive a freaking stake through the heart of that spider. That's where freedom's going to come from. So let's do this. I'm telling you, if you've been striving to clean your cobwebs, your hope is not going to be found in striving. Your hope is going to be found in surrender. And there's a big difference. We live in this hustle culture where we, we, we want to fix our own problems. We, we want to strive. We want to strive and fix it. Not until you surrender everything to Jesus are you going to even remotely be able to step into killing your spider. So let's define, let's put some definition around what a spider is and a cobweb is. Okay, go with me now. A spider is an agreement you have made with a lie. Let me say that again. A spider is an agreement you have made with a lie. This, this is the root of our behaviors. As you've been trying to change your behavior for years, you've been trying to change the behavior, you've been trying to sweep the cobwebs, you haven't been getting to the root. We all have them. So start, stop looking at your neighbor like, oh, what's your spider? We all have them. Every single person in here has a spider. Whether it be a massive, hairy, ugly lie you've made an agreement to, or just small ones on a daily basis. We all have them. That's what we have to get to. But that is way more difficult than finding your cobweb. Because let's be honest, this is the definition of a cobweb. A cobweb is a medicator that brings false comfort to that lie. Okay? Let that sink in for a second. A cobweb is a medicator that brings false comfort to the lie. This sells. This is sexy. This is, in America... We, we, we want to just clean the cobwebs. Five steps to a better marriage. Cleaning the cobweb. Four steps to stop looking at pornography. Just cleaning the cobweb. You see, you can keep focusing on the symptoms or you can get to the root. And we don't have time to deal with cobwebs anymore. Guys, if you've been struggling trying to get past a certain behavior for so long, you've been dealing in cobweb land. But what we want to do is get to the spider. What, what, what are some really quickly common cobwebs, right? The ugly ones that people try to fix are alcohol, pornography, affairs. These are behaviors that are really ugly in society, and we try to fix those. But let's touch all of you. How about social media? How, how, about, how about that? Somehow you post a selfie of yourself, maybe from not, not here, but if you go 10 inches higher, you look even a little bit better. And then you post it online, and people start double-tapping that. Medication. 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 And it feels good, right? It's a cobweb. Well, well, I'll just delete Instagram off my phone. No, that's cleaning the cobwebs. That's all that is. You haven't done nothing. You're still jacked. You're still messed up. How, how, about, how about you, you hard workers, your hustlers? Oh, if I can just get to the corner office, build my way up in the company. Oh, then if I can just get there. No, that's just a cobweb. And the agreement you've made with the lie, what's the lie there? Well, that your identity is based on your achievements. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Your identity is based on being a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ. That's where it comes from. That's the truth. You got to go from the lie to the truth, the lie to the truth, the lie to the truth. So if you don't know, it's going to be hard to find your spiders. I mean, 
It's going to take more work. You have to roll up your sleeves. But cobwebs, it's not difficult to find your cobweb. If you don't know what your cobweb is, ask your family. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you. Like, it's those things that, that you're trying to medicate on a daily basis. But to get to the spider, and that's where we're going to go right now, it takes a little bit more work. So, in order for us to get to our spiders, we have to do something that sounds really simple, but if you haven't done it, it's going to take some work. you got to hear from God himself. You see, the Holy Spirit is what is going to reveal to you the agreement you've made with the lie. It's not going to be your therapist. It's not going to be your friends. It is God himself. Now, here's the thing. Some of you guys may be thinking, well, I've never heard God. Like, how, how do I hear him? He speaks to us on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute-by-minute minute basis. So in order for us to get to this agreement, we've got to hear from God himself. So how do we do that? How, how can we hear from God? Well, you hear from God when you pay attention. Say, pay attention. You got to pay attention. All the time, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. But the volume of our life is so loud that that's why people can't hear God. We've got to lower the volume of life and the volume of God goes up. When you begin to do that, you start seeing Holy Spirit around you all the time. He's messing with you. He's joking with you. He's with you in serious times. My wife and I were in Ireland a few years ago. And we were traveling back. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever you're going overseas, the trip there it's super exciting. But the trip home, you're just like, get me home. And we were on the trip home. And Heather and I were in Detroit. And, I mean, we were just tired. And I'm the kind of guy that, like, you know, if my wife's tired, I want to make her jo joyful. And so, like, we're sitting in P.F. Chang's. Any P.F. Chang's? You guys have P.F. Chang's around this part of the country? Okay. So, listen, we're there. And everything's better at P.F. Chang's. And after we, we order our P.F. Chang's stuff, the, the, the server brings us my fortune cookie. And let me tell you, right before we opened our fortune, I decided one last time to try to just infuse a little bit of life into my wife. She's super jet-lagged, but I decided to tell her a story about this time I was leading worship. And I was leading worship, and I had my percussion player, but he forgot his egg shaker. You guys know the little egg shaker that they play? <laughs> so right before the worship set, we ran to Guitar Center, but they didn't have any egg shakers. All they had left was a shaker in the shape of a banana. So the whole worship set, homeboy's shaking a banana on stage. And, and towards the, the, the end of the worship set, at the end, this, this older lady comes forward and she's like, hey, worship was great, but why was your friend shaking a banana the whole night? Now, just like seven of you guys thought that was funny, my wife didn't either. And, you know, I tried to make her laugh with my banana story, but it just wasn't working. So whatever. We get the fortune cookie. I opened up my fortune cookie. What word was on that fortune? Banana! <laughs> but freaking Nana! No, 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 banana! You can freak out with me! Because I stood up, I looked around, and I'm looking for cameras, because I'm like, I'm on candid camera, I'm on some show, Aunt is gonna come running out, like, how did this happen? And my wife just starts laughing. Finally, she's laughing. She's laughing at the Holy Spirit and not me. And she's like, the Lord is always whispering to us. Carlos, he's just nudging you, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. Guys, I have opened 2,000 fortune cookies, maybe 10,000 in my life. I have never told the story with the central theme being a banana in my life. Come on. It said banana. I took that fortune home, and I put it in a frame. I stuck it in a frame. It's next to my bed because I want to be reminded 
every morning when I wake up that God is speaking to us all the time. He is specific. He will answer your specific needs, guys. All the time. It's next to my bed, and it says banana. Banana moments are waiting for you. Honestly, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us all the time. All the time. So we hear from God. We hear from God constantly when we pay attention. But also, let's drill it down, because I know I maybe have half of you guys with the banana thing, and you're thinking, well, that was a coincidence. There's no coincidence when you're born again with Jesus. There's no coincidence. Everything is for a reason and for a purpose. Everything. So listen, how about this? We also hear from God when we ask questions. Say, ask questions. Listen, we live in a culture, and I get it. You may be so scared to ask God a specific question, but we serve a specific God. We don't serve a vague God. And I'll promise you this. When you get sick or someone in your family is sick, your prayers are not vague anymore. They're specific because God will answer your specific, specific, so specific questions. And we want to pray vague prayers because we believe, oh, if it's vague, then, I mean, if he doesn't answer, then at that point, like, maybe, like, it's okay. But if he doesn't answer my specific question, then we start to have some turmoil in our hearts. But I want to challenge every single person watching this right now to start to get specific. And your specific question you're going to ask today is, Lord, what is the agreement I've made with the lie? What is that agreement I've made with the lie? Now, for those of you saying, well, okay, ask specific questions. What does God sound like? How, how do I know that, that I've heard him? Like, I had a friend of mine who, who knew that my wife and I had really been stepping into this conversational intimacy with Jesus. And we were having coffee in Nashville. And he was like, Carlos, I really want to hear from God, but I, I don't know if I've ever heard him. Like, like, what's his voice sound like? Is he like, Carlos? <laughs> so what he sounds like? like? What does he sound like? I said, well, Marcus, have you, have you practiced? Have you practiced hearing from God? And he's like, no. I said, well, let's practice right now. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. I said, let's, let, I want you to ask Holy Spirit right now, where should Carlos and I go to lunch? Just that simple. He's like, man, come on. I mean, he's, he's really going to tell us where he cares where we go to lunch? I was like, oh, absolutely. We just don't ask him specific questions enough. He said, okay, how do I do it? I said, just ask. So he goes, he kind of looks up. He goes, Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, oh, I don't know who I'm talking to, but who, where should Carlos and I go to lunch? Then he crossed his arms, and he just sat there, and I let him sit there for like 30 silent seconds. He was so uncomfortable. He's like, am I supposed to hear something? I don't hear anything. I was like, well, so after about 30 seconds, what are you sensing? What are you feeling? Oh, now we're talking about feelings? Now, now we're talking about feelings. I mean, I feel all kinds of things, but is that God? Is that not? Is that? I was like, you tell me, man. What, what are you feeling? Well, I kind of feel like we should go to that Thai restaurant in downtown Nashville. And I was like, well, Jesus loves Thai food. Let, I believe that. <laughs> hey, yes and amen. So I said, so you think we should go there? He's like, I don't know. And I said, you feel that? Don't edit the Holy Spirit. Don't edit Holy Spirit. Just follow. So we walked out in the parking lot. I got in my minivan. He got in his motorcycle. Different seasons of life. And <laughs> we head over. 
to the Thai restaurant. And we walk in and listen, listen, listen. We had a great 30-minute conversation over lunch. Jesus did not appear in my Thai chicken curry soup. Like it wasn't like there wasn't this crazy thing that happened. So we're just there. We have lunch. We actually forgot about hearing from God. We get done. We're walking out to our respective vehicles. This man comes sprinting out of Thai Phuket, the restaurant. Hey, man, you, you, hey, man, you, you, you. And we were both looking like, and we started looking for our phones. Maybe we left our keys in there. He's running after us. And he comes sprinting out. I mean, the most Tennessee redneck man you've ever seen. Just like, man, you, listen. And he runs up to Marcus. And he points his finger right in his face. And he's shaking. This man's shaking. He's like, man, you're going to think I'm crazy. And me and Marcus were like, yeah. <laughs> man, do you sometimes work on your laptop over at Frothy Monkey in 12 South, that coffee shop? Marcus was like, yeah. Every once in a while, he's like, man, listen, I was in there last week, and I was praying and doing my quiet time. You walked in there, and I felt a Holy Spirit told me to pray for you, but I didn't, and I didn't think twice about it. But then you walked into freaking Typhoon Cat, and oh, my God, the whole time I'm watching you, and I'm like, what is it? And then you walked out again, and Holy Spirit was like, don't you let that man walk out of here twice. So I had to chase you. And man, can I please pray for you? And I left Marcus in that parking lot with that strange man. I took off. And Marcus called me 10 minutes later, trembling. He answers our specific questions. He answers our specific questions. Friends, get specific to the penny the Lord will answer. He's waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for you to step in and just ask him a question. So the question today is, what's my spider? What's the agreement I made with the lie? Now listen, he will answer you through a song, through a friend, through scripture, his voice, whatever it may be. But once you get there, let me tell you, in my book, I talk about how to kill the spider. Killing the spider once you find it isn't hard. You confess the lie, bam. You reject the lie, bam. You replace that lie with God's truth. Spider dead. It's over. Boom. Gone. Done. Confess, reject, replace. Confess, reject, replace. It's over. The enemy doesn't even stand a chance. He always overplays his hand every single time. He does. He doesn't stand a chance. You get those three things, it's gone. But the question I get is, Carlos, how do I know it's dead? How do I know I've killed it? Oh, well, we've got incredible scripture that tells us. Watch this. This is how we know the spider dies. Romans 8, 6. For the mind set of the flesh is death, but the mind set of the spirit is life. Is there a period after life? Nope. But so many Christians live with a period after life. There is more life and what? And peace. Guys, we can't put the period where the period is not. There is more than just life. There is peace. There is more. There is abundance. There is victory. There is peace coming. When you get that, you're going to know your spider's dead. John 10.10. A thief comes to seal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life. Is there a period after life? No. Life inhabited what? Abundance. Abundance. Friends, Jesus wants you to have so much more than you're living in right now. He wants you to not just have life. Jesus did not die on a cross so you can cope 
with your issues. If you're just coping right now, that's not what the cross is for. He came to die on the cross so you can be free and breathe and have abundance and have peace and have more. And all that stuff is waiting for you when you kill the spider. All of it. If you feel like there's a foot on your chest and you've been living your life with that foot on your chest, there is abundance. We're, we're, we're in a part of the country that I know when the lights go out, the stars come up. And it is so beautiful. There's no way you can visit where you guys live and not believe in God. My family and I were camping in the high Sierras. And my kids had, had, had gone to bed, and my wife and I were just, um, um, just sitting by the campfire. And my wife looked at me, and we were looking at the stars. I mean, there were millions of stars, more stars you can ever see in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. I mean, millions. And we're looking up, and she's like, hey, um, can you take a picture of the stars? And I was like, oh, I guess so, sure. And my wife has one of those fancy cameras with all the buttons and the knobs and the dials and stuff. And so I picked it up, and I was like, I mean, oh, I don't know how to use this. So I put the camera on what mode? Auto, right? Put it on auto because auto mode, you're going to get a picture. So I, I, I grabbed the camera, put it on auto mode. I aimed that puppy at the sky. And I took a picture. And I walked over to my wife, and I said, hey, how's this picture? And this was the picture that I took. There it is. Now let's look there. You can see three stars. So she looked at me, and she goes, um, no. Can, can, you, can, can you get a picture of the stars? And I was like, well, babe, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know how to use the camera. She's like, well, you've got some friends. Maybe you can text them or something. And I was like, yeah. So I started texting my friends. And I finally got a hold of my friend Jeremy, who's a photographer. And he's like, oh, Carlos. If you want a picture of the stars, if you want a picture of the abundance in the sky, you can't stay on auto mode. You have to put it on manual mode. Oh, but listen, Jeremy, I don't know how to do that. Like, I, I, I'm going to screw up. He's like, yeah, it's okay. You're, you're, you're going to screw up. But listen, you have to put it on manual mode. And then what you have to do is you have to take the camera and take the ISO and roll the ISO all the way up to 12,000. Then you have to take the aperture and pull the aperture down to 1.2. Then you have to have shutter speed and open the shutter for 30 seconds. Then you have to put the camera on a tripod and I just want a freaking picture of the stars. <laughs> and I tried and I failed. And I tried again and it was completely black. And I tried again and it was completely white. And it was hard and it kept messing up and it was working and it took work. And finally, after 30 minutes of messing up in manual mode, I got this picture. This is the picture that I took. See, friends, this is a life with abundance. This is a life with a period moved over after life. And this is what's waiting for you when you kill your spider. This is a life. If you've been living your life in auto mode, you, you're, you're getting by, but you're not stepping into the fullness and the abundance that Jesus has for you. There is so much more. So, this is what we're going to do. At every location with Fresh Life, we're going to pray a very specific prayer right now. And the prayer is going to be, Jesus, what is the agreement I've made with the lie? Jesus, what lie has me bound? Now, these lies could be massive birth and childhood trauma, but they also could be a lie that was birthed this morning. You may have had a conversation with someone on the phone and it didn't go right and suddenly you're believing a lie that's not even true. We're gonna ask that. 
And then after we pray that, we're going to pray another prayer. We're going to pray a specific prayer for those of you that really want to step into that starry-filled night. And the only way there, his name is Jesus. Jesus is the only way to find abundance. You can never hustle your way to that sky. You can never do anything to get to that sky without the blood of the cross and the power of the resurrection in your life. So we're going to pray two prayers. The first is going to be, Lord, reveal to me what the agreements I've made with the lie with. And the second one is, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. So at every location, let's pray this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, there's so many of us that have been living our lives chasing after medication. Lord, we've been living our lives just stuck in these ruts. Jesus, we're so tired of making the same mistake over and over, and we're so tired of cleaning up the mess afterwards. So what we ask for right now, very specifically, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, is that you reveal the lie we've made an agreement with. Jesus, at every location, what is that lie? What is that lie? And Father, right now, begin to reveal inside of our hearts what the lie is. Whether it be a massive lie or a small lie, what is the lie we're chained to? And Lord, right now, we take that lie and we confess it. Jesus, I confess the lie right now, Jesus. I confess the lie that I have been believing, Jesus. That I'm going to be exhausted this summer with all the travel. Lord, that's a lie I've been, I've been dealing with. And so, Lord, I confess that right now, and I reject that lie in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, I claim breath and energy and freedom over, over my life, Jesus. It's that easy. So what's the lie that you have been agreeing to? Confess it, reject it. And in the name of Jesus, we replace that lie with the truth of Jesus. Jesus, give us truth. And Jesus, I also pray right now for any person at any location that is steps away from finding abundance in Jesus. Lord, if there's anyone at any location that does not know who you are, it's simple. Right now, we can go from death to life. Right now, we can turn a rescue into a resurrection in our lives. So this is what we ask. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. Make everything new. I reject the old part of me, and I replace that part of me with a brand new soul, with a brand new spirit-filled life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We all Thank you for joining us for this teaching from our summer reading series. For more content from Fresh Life Church and to stay up to date while you're on summer vacation, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link below.